Good morning. Will you please pray with me? God, we thank you for the testimony of all those who've gone before us in the written word, the stories that it brings to us, the truths that it reveals to us, and the insight of you that it reveals to us. I pray, God, that this morning we might truly listen to the way that your word speaks to each of us. And I pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen. My son Matthew was about four years old when he taught me the most important lesson I've ever learned about listening. And it's a lesson that stayed with me my whole life. I was standing in the kitchen doing the dishes and looking out at the window, and my mind was totally preoccupied with all the do's that moms and dads deal with, work, two kids, a house, and a dog that kept trying to eat the supporting beams on the patio. And Sarah had named this vicious animal Apple. Matt wandered into the kitchen in his socks, holding his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle tennis shoes, and he sat down on the rug behind me. Mama, you tie my shoes. He began asking me that with a question. You tie my shoes? And since he had spent a lot of time practicing this very thing, I said, Matt, you can tie your own shoes like it was a heroic feat. Mama, you tie my shoes. It was no longer a question. It was a command. And I said, come on, little man, you know how to do that. At this point, I had not once turned around and actually looked at him, but was talking to him while I was still looking out the window. I want you to tie my shoes. You tie them, Mama. Now I could hear the frustration verging on tears that we always recognize in our four-year-olds. So at last, I turned around, and I looked down at this little boy and his beautiful blue eyes who always made me smile when I looked directly at him. I was finally listening. I stopped what I was doing, and I sat down with him. Can I watch you tie your shoes, I said. So Matt whipped his shoes on, and while he was tying them very proficiently, he told me the story, a story about a kid in preschool who was really bad. A bad kid in preschool who got in trouble for chasing girls with dead bugs. He needed to tell me that story. He was absolutely, he was just, couldn't believe how bad this kid was. You see, I had heard Matt asking me to tie his shoes, but I wasn't listening to Matt. Our text today is about holy listening. How is holy listening different from hearing? It's a text about our expectations and God's preparations. And it helps remind us that God's silences are never empty spaces. Hear the reading of the word of the Lord from 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days, Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had 
begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, here I am. And ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you have called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know about you, but this text is so layered and in such surprising ways that you can just smell God all over it from beginning to end. And the first verse that immediately caught my attention and made me really stop and wonder is literally the first verse of the passage. Right off the bat, the writer paints a picture for us of ordinariness. This was an ordinary day, an ordinary day in the life of people dutifully serving in the temple, performing responsibilities that are in keeping with their religious station. And I also couldn't help but I just couldn't help but notice also that sometimes we can get caught up in performing our religious duties without listening for God. Maybe Samuel was sweeping or filling the foot basins, replacing towels for hand washing. Maybe he was making change for the purchases of sacrificial animals, whatever people who were there to help in the temple were doing. But in the very next sentence, we are reminded that with God, no day is ordinary and we're set up. We must be listening. The very next sentence says this, the word of the Lord was rare in those days and visions were not widespread. Now, if that's not a setup, I don't know what would be. I mean, that sets us up to say something is going to happen because it hadn't been happening for a very long time. No one had heard from God in quite a while, nor were they expecting to hear from God anytime soon. But we as readers know that God has not been idle because our story doesn't start here. Our story starts chapters back when Hannah, who is Samuel's mother, sat in the temple barren, not able to bear a child, and the ridic- being ridiculed by the surrogate mother that her husband had taken to have a child. 
The scriptures tell us that day after day and month after month and year after year, Hannah sat in the temple and begged God to remember her. Remembering is an action verb when it comes to God. When somebody says, remember me to God, they're saying, do something. Eli and Hannah had met when Eli accused her of being drunk because he saw her sitting there day after day, moving her lips but not saying anything out loud. And when she explained what was happening to him, he blessed her with a prophecy of the coming of a child. This happened long ago. And then Hannah did something rather remarkable. She stepped out to honor the great gift giver and could not think of a more fantastic life for her son that had been given to her, that she had prayed for year after year. She could not think of a more fitting thing to do with this child that God had given her than to give her son back to God to serve this God who showed her compassion and mercy as a priest in the temple. God had been active, and Samuel had been in preparation for this moment from the very, very beginning. So then we come to learn that even when we believe God is silent, God is at work, inviting, preparing, guiding. Even when you feel like it's been a long time since you've heard from God, perhaps it's a matter of listening. God is at work, like I said, inviting. And God is also doing for you what God has done for Samuel. God is providing us with mentors and role models and so many good people who have so much wisdom. And we have just one thing to do. We have one thing to do that is our job. I wonder if you can guess what that is. What is it? Yes, we have one thing to do. Say yes and listen. That's all we need to do. Holy listening. So I wonder how long it's been since you have experienced God's presence. And I wonder if you would be surprised if you really listened with holy listening. And you heard deep down in the pit of your stomach this reality, and you really, really knew that God was speaking to you. Maybe you're a little bit lost at how to listen to God. And that's what this lesson is for in the Bible, to remind us to listen to God. So how do we do that? I think that listening is really the very first expression of communication in prayer. It's the first thing that we have to do And it's really simple. It's very natural for us as humans to listen. We know that listening precedes speaking in the development of children's language skills. They only learn how to speak and only learn how to read from being read to and from being spoken to. So listening is the first act of developing the other skills. And the same order applies to the development of our prayer life. If we don't know how to engage in holy listening, we may never come to terms with what it means to be in prayer, giving back. 
There's something in our spirit that is touched by the divine spirit before we even are drawn to speak. You see what I mean? We have a need to pray before we have the words to pray. And so our soul cries out to God. And the scripture is very careful to remind us that even when we don't have words, the spirit will pray through us and for us before we even have the words. So how do we listen to God? I think clear communication is pretty difficult even between people. I can remember in being in seventh grade, and this is very embarrassing to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I remember we had to do these panels about current topics going on in the world. And one of the panels of kids got up, and they did this whole uh, presentation on euthanasia. And I'm going to be honest, I left that day and I was troubled all night because I thought they meant the youth in Asia were dying. I, I did. For the whole night long. And I prayed, oh God, those poor people in Asia, those poor kids in Asia, why are they dying? And the next day I came and I was so embarrassed when I found out youth in Asia was spelled differently and it meant something totally different. So it's confusing to us, even when we're trying to communicate. How much more confusing is it to communicate with the one who is invisible, intangible, inaudible, and inscrutable? Yet God desires to be known and, and has many ways of communicating with us if we're willing to listen. And to be honest with you, I very much believe this is theology according to Jan. Not, it's not, I have no uh, support material for this. But it seems to me that God knows us so well, so deeply, that God will communicate to us in the way that we receive it the best. And I believe that God uses every means in making that communication. And when one communication doesn't work, another one, there's another one at hand because God is relentless. So God desires to be known. So maybe the best place to start, I think the first place to start is with scripture. This is kind of uh, God's self-communication in the relationship and the way that God had engaged with people all through the ages and those stories and those experiences had been written down. And the scriptures become a way of God revealing God's self. And not only, if you, if you pay enough attention in scriptures, you'll understand that, believe me, it doesn't only reveal God, but it reveals us who we are at our worst and at our best. But mostly it, re, it reveals us as in relationship to this God at God's initiation. But God's self-communication is not limited to the pages of the Bible. Yet if we are open to the Spirit, we can expect to hear God speak to us through it. It's new every day. It has something, it means something for us. It reveals something to us. It encourages us, it comforts us. And the church has found this word continuing to speak with contemporary power for all times. For some, the most natural way to listen to God is through creation. 
Psalm 19 acknowledges that creation speaks loudly of divine realities. Listen to this. This is so beautiful. From Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Wow. Creation itself speaks to us about God and communicates with us. We, if we listen, that lump in your throat, that tear that comes to your eyes when you see something beautiful, when you smell something clean and fresh, all of that, God communicating. We can often hear God's voice, certainly through one another. Perhaps someone who knows us well speaks just the right word we need to hear in just the right moment in a way that we get it. Maybe it's a complete stranger appears at a crucial moment with a word of encouragement and guidance or a warning. And although most of us are unaware of being used as vehicles for grace uh, for others, we are, the God's, we are the answer to other people's prayers quite often. When we, when we listen to that prompting inside of us, call them. Write a note. Stop by and see them. Pray for them. When we hear that nudging, We're listening to God communicating with us. But notice that when we hear that, it's one thing. But when we listen, we act. So listening is an action, not just a a passive taking in. The circumstances of our lives are another medium of God's communication with us. Maybe a troubling relationship invites us to attend to something that we have not fully faced in our lives, that we've not come to grips with. Maybe we've been afraid of authority. Maybe, maybe way back when we were little, we were told we weren't important, or we weren't loved, or we weren't worth having a good relationship, or we weren't worth having a raise, or whatever it is. And maybe this is a way that God is communicating healing to us. Through the wisdom of our bodies, God tells us to slow down, to reorder our priorities. The happy coincidences and the frustrating impasses of daily life are weighted with messages. So what's the one thing that we're supposed to do? <laughs> That's right. The one thing that we're supposed to do is listen Patient listening and the grace of the Spirit are the decoding devices of prayer. It's a good habit to ask, what is God saying to me in this situation? What is God saying to me in the way that I'm feeling right this minute? How is God speaking to me in the the event of this person being in my life at this moment today? It's a great question to ask. Listening to our lives is a part of prayer. And then there are more subtle and mysterious ways in which we can hear God speak to us. They often come unbidden. They often come amid ordinary activity. 
or in the quiet of thinking or praying or meditating. And what comes is this deep intuition. It's an acutely clear conviction. Oh, oh, I get it. Or a simple inner sense of how things are meant to be. You may have heard someone else say or found yourself saying things like, somehow I just knew this is what I had to do. Or somehow I just knew that this wasn't something I should do. Or it suddenly became perfectly clear to me. Suddenly. Just like with Hannah and Eli, perhaps it had been something that God had been working on for years. And suddenly, it becomes quite clear to you. Or, I don't know, the words just came into my head. I don't know where they came from. They were just there. I think anyone can receive these inner sense of things. God is available and communicating with us. But it becomes more likely as we, alert, as we learn to attune ourselves to the gentle stirrings of the spirit within and around us. It belongs to the learning of prayer, to release our own agenda and to wait patiently for God's purposes to be disclosed. Solitude and inner silence, which you hear over and over again, Provide the most promising environment for hearing this st- still small voice. So you have to ask yourself all of these things are available for listening. All these things are at hand for listening. Maybe you're starting to think that virtually anyone or anything can be a divine messenger. Yes, that's true. I believe that is true. I believe that God provides daily invitations for our attentiveness. God does things to get our attention. Just as Matt wouldn't stop saying, tie my shoes until I gave him my focus. And I truly listened. God provides these through every aspect of our life. So are we hearing? And are we listening? And of course, if we're truly listening, that requires discernment as well as attentiveness. Not all messages we get are from a divine origin. I think in learning to recognize what is characteristic of God and what is not, what is not is so important to the discernment of the spirit that speaks to you. If that spirit bashes you or bashes another person, if that spirit leads you away from what's good and holy, if that spirit weighs you down, confuses you, dis- causes despair, those you can bet because you have been revealed to you the person of Jesus Christ as being God, you know that that is not that spirit. And the role of the larger community seeking to be faithful to the God of scriptures becomes vital. We need each other to discern spirits. We need each other to teach each other. We need each other to lead and to be about the business of understanding who God is, how God works in our life, of listening to what God has in mind for us, and then to acting. Because when the scriptures, whenever the scriptures say that God sees, hears, knows, 
or remembers. It is never in a passive context. Sometimes we have this image that when, when people are crying out to God, God is like this ultimate therapist. Blank face, but nodding compassionately. Listening. I hear you. I hear your frustration. Active listening back to us. And that's it. No. Never once in scripture is that the picture of when God sees, hears, knows, and remembers. As though God could do such a thing. When those words are used in scriptures, they are always accompanied by action from God. When Hannah prays, remember me, God, she's not saying, remember me, remember my birthday and send me a card. She's saying, do something for me. When the children of Israel cried out to, cried out to God, they weren't saying, God, hear our cry and be sorry for us. They were saying, hear our cry and deliver us. God is moved to act by hearing, seeing, knowing, and remembering. And I ask you, what stops you from moving? What stops you from acting on what you've heard and what you've listened to coming from God? What stops you from grabbing hold and trusting and getting up on the high dive and just jumping? Screaming all the way down if you need to. What stops you? There, some of these things that I've described, maybe they're things that you engage in, and you're all about that. And if you are, share them. But if that presence of God feels silent, if that ability to hear God speak to you feels dim in your ears, then practice the listening, the holy listening. Pay attention. You have one thing to do. What is it? Yes, one thing. Holy listening. So that when the Lord calls, when the Lord calls us, this holy listening, we won't go off running in all directions saying, did you call? Did you call? Was that you who called? Was that you? We would not do that. In holy listening, we can simply wait and along with Samuel be able to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Thanks be to God.